sing about there's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. So everybody smile at me. You can't sing that and frown at me. All right. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Here we go. Two, three, four. Help us out. Put your hands together.
Put a smile on your face. Turn around and tell somebody you're glad to see them tonight and that you're glad they're in the house of the Lord tonight. Let's fellowship for a little while. Go ahead and be seated. 
just a couple of announcements, uh, and they mainly had pertained to do with uh, the rest of the revival. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, I always told you Monday and Tuesday nights usually are kind of the hardest to get people to come out. The devil will fight you the hardest because uh, you go to work, and uh, the devil will make sure you probably have a hard day and you'll be tired. Uh, but you want to you want to be able to come and have a great time. I want to give special thanks tonight uh, to Miss uh, Laura Korchenik. Uh They own, uh, her and her husband own Poking the Eye Barbecue, and uh, we had somebody kind of cancel, a food truck cancel at the last minute tonight, and uh, and Miss Laura uh, saved us, amen. And so I want to give Miss Laura and uh, Poking Eye, there she is right there, coming out of the kitchen. All right, Miss Laura, thank you so much. And uh, if you didn't get to eat it, you missed it. It was good. It was excellent barbecue, amen. So uh, she, she definitely saved the day. She's my hero tonight. Amen. So we're so glad that you're here. Uh, to, uh, Wednesday night is going to be youth night. And I was afraid we were going to be competing with Fields of Faith, but that's not till the next Wednesday. So whew, well, you dodged a bullet there. Amen. So, uh, so we will be uh, having pizza for the kids. Uh, there will be a food truck here for the adults. We're going to feed the kids uh, free pizza. And then we're going to give a $100 cash prize to the youth that brings the most guests. And we're going to pack this place out with young people. We're going to see uh, last year, I think we had at least five or six saved on, uh, on youth night. So uh, it's a great night. I don't know if y'all saw on Facebook or in the news, uh, Chapel Hill had 25 of their football players get baptized uh, the other day after practice. Amen. So that was wonderful. So, uh, yeah, God's doing some wonderful things. Awesome. And we want to definitely uh, just uh, key in on that if we can. Uh, so, and also we have a fall festival coming up on October 25th. That'll be in two Wednesdays. That's from this coming Wednesday night. It'll be only two weeks. It'll sneak up on us. So there's a sign-up sheet over there. If you can help us by doing a trunk retreat or uh, helping in the kitchen or security, any, any way you can help. We need every, all hands on deck, if you will. So uh, sign up on the sheet uh, on the table over there. Well, let's continue to worship, if you would. Let's all stand, and we're going to sing a, man, this is a golden oldie here. I saw the light. Amen. Let's see if we can uh, do this one, all right?
yourselves a hand. <laughs> That's good stuff. Amen.
we love you, God. We thank you so much. And Lord, we anticipate that glorious day. God, we just love you. We thank you so much. We thank you for the hope of heaven. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone in this room tonight that does not have the hope of heaven, Lord, they don't know where they're going. If they were to meet you tonight, God, I pray that, Lord, you would just help them to get that settled before they leave this building tonight, Lord. God, thank you for everything you're doing this week, God. Thank you for Brother Herman, God. And just we pray tonight, God, would you hide him behind the cross, Holy Spirit, speak through him the exact message that we need to hear tonight. Lord, I want to pray that, God, you'd use him in an incredible way. Lord, more than anything, we pray, Holy Spirit, come. Because, Lord, as we've said all week long, Lord, if, if you don't show up, Holy Spirit, then all this is for nothing. And Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, come rain down on your people. Move in the hearts and lives of your people. And speak through Brother Herman the message that we need to hear tonight. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated and give Brother Herman a big hand as he comes. generation that we used to drink it out of water hoses and horse troughs and everything else you know it doesn't bother me at all uh, I just get it wherever I can thank you for being here tonight I know uh, some may still be home hurting over the Dallas Cowboy game and that's understandable but uh, we're glad that you're here we certainly are we're honored to have some guests with us tonight a couple of pastors that are dear dear friends of mine uh, Brother Mike Ford and Sonia, many of y'all know them. He just pastors right around the corner over there at Hill Creek. And so uh, uh, we appreciate them coming tonight. And then there's uh, Mike and Pam Ledbetter, and they're over at Carlisle Baptist Church. And I was sitting there thinking that out of both of these pastors, I've been at every church that they've ever pastored uh, since in the 80s. Uh, I've been with Brother Mike and I think I was sitting there figuring up if I'm, you know, I'm getting kind of old. It takes me a little while. But I think I've been with Brother Mike at five different churches, and I've been with Brother uh, uh, Mike uh, uh, four or five different churches. And so they're dear, dear friends of mine. You know, I've always, I used to tell Judeal all the time, I am so, so blessed, so blessed that God gives some of the most precious pastors uh, into my life, and I just appreciate them. And, you know, the more that I'm with them, the more that I love their wives more than I love them. Uh, these women are remarkable. These, these ladies are remarkable, you know. And, and you know, I, I said on Facebook, and I appreciate Julie. Uh, she always comments on my Facebook, uh, 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 whatever I comment about. And But I, I said on the day today, I said, you know, just another reminder that this is Pastor's Appreciation Month, and we're to uh, show our pastor appreciation, and I made a little comment, and I said, and don't forget their wives, because I want to tell you, their wives are precious. Uh, these pastor's wives, they, uh, they do so much behind the scenes, you know, and I've said many times from the pulpit, I, I get a lot of credit uh, where credit is not due in a sense. It's always the people behind me that make me look what, the way that I do. 
And that's the way it is with a pastor many times. Uh, you know, it's the people in the kitchen, it's the wives, it's, 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 it's all of those people that do so, so much that nobody knows about that are so, so special to the ministry. And, and so I, I, I want to encourage you, and I know that you love your pastor and, and Julie, and, and, and they so deserve it. And, uh, but I, I hope that this month that you do something special for them. You know, I've, I've always said it's, it's not the big things, you know. I'd love somebody to win, you know, a hundred million dollars and call me up and say, you know, we're sending you a million of it, but that's not going to happen. But, you know, the, just as much joy as that would be, sometimes it's just a little notes, it's a little words of encouragement that people give you uh, to be able to, that just blesses your heart more than what money would ever do. And so do that this month to your pastor and his wife. Let them know how much that you appreciate. We had a great, great service last night. I went home and just um, rejoicing in what God was doing. And I want to encourage you. And I, I used to say this to my people all the time. You know, I, I, I've had people say, well, you know, I've already gone down there. I've already went down there and prayed for the pastor. And, you know, I, I don't need to go again. Look, you know, every time you come, God's just knocking off a little chip. And, you know, it's kind of like the man that they ask, how did you put all those faces in, 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 in Mount uh, Rushmore? And they say, well, we chipped away everything that didn't look like them. And that's kind of the way imitation is. I used to tell my people, if God speaks to you last night, come. If God speaks to you tonight, come. If God speaks to you tomorrow night, come. Because every time you come, God is just chipping away something from your life, making you more into his image. And, you know, I, I'm just, I, I just encourage people because, as I said last night, it's the commitment that we make that changes our life. Just the commitment to say, God, I'm not staying where I am. I'm taking a step to go forward to where you want me to be. And that's what will certainly change our life. And this message is a message of encouragement because I feel like uh, somebody needs this message tonight. I, I don't know who you are. I never know who you are in the sense where you are spiritually, what you may be going through, the problems that you may be facing, the need that you may have in your life. I, I have no idea, but I do believe this, that there's somebody in this room that needs this message right here, right now in your spiritual journey. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5. And if I had to title the message tonight, I would title it, Press on regardless of the circumstances. Press on regardless of the circumstances. In chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it said, he came, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake and he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships which was with Simon and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down, and he taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered and said unto them, Master, we've toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish that their nets began to break. 
And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draw of the fishes which they had taken. So was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You see, if I asked you tonight, what is the hardest thing that you face in the Christian life? What would it be? What is the hardest thing that you and I face as a Christian? I believe it's pressing on in the situations that sometimes that we face. The Bible says that our prayer should be that I press towards the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul urged us, avoid growing weary and doing good. You see, Paul at the very conclusion, he wrote this statement. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me, but not only for me, for all those that love his appearance. You see, life is hard. As a matter of fact, it's difficulty. In the time that you and I live in, it seems like that everything around us seems to be in total chaos. But in the midst of all of that, God wants you and I to be strong in him. And so tonight I want to talk about how that you and I can be strong in the Lord and keep going in the midst of the circumstances that sometimes that we face. Because I've listed three things that I believe that stops most Christians. Paul said, I fought a good fight. You know what he was saying? He was saying life wasn't easy. As a matter of fact, it was a battle. But he said, I fought the very best that I could fight. He said, I kept the faith. He said, I want to tell you, there was times in my life that I wanted to give up, but I kept holding on to even that which I could not see, that I could not understand, but I kept the faith. He said, I finished the course. He said, when I got saved, it wasn't the end of it. As a matter of fact, it was the beginning of it. He said, as I lived that life, that it would have been easy to go and sit in the grandstands, but I didn't sit in the grandstands. I stayed on course. I ran the race that was set before me to finish that which God had me to finish. And that ought to be each one of our prayers here tonight. That regardless of the circumstances that you and I face, that we would continue to press on, press on, and keep on going for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to show you three things from this story. The first thing that I want you to notice is simply this. Press on despite failure. Have you ever failed? Who among us in this room have never failed? I imagine that every single one of us, sometime or another, have failed in life. If there was something that we would like to go back and, and to a race and say, you know what, I'd like to, as kids would say, I want to do over in that area. See, failure comes to all of us. 
But when failure comes, it's not a time to quit. It's not a time to give up. It's a time to get back up and try again. Now, notice what Peter said. Peter said, Lord, we toiled all night, and we have taken what? Nothing. Now, you and I know that Peter was a fisherman by trade. He knew how to fish. And I would imagine that Peter was thinking, you know, I'm a fisherman and you're a carpenter, but, Lord, I, I want you to know that, that fishing is good at night and we're in the middle of the day, and besides that, I worked hard and, and we didn't take anything, Lord. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way in your Christian life? That you just did all that you could do and, and you tried the hardest that you could try and, and you just came up with nothing? just seems like it just doesn't work out for you. It just seems like that sometimes that our, our nets are empty and, and we say, well, God, you know, I, I tried, God. I, I really worked at it, God. I, I, you know, I, I really put all of my effort into it, God, and, and I've taken nothing. See, that was what Peter must have felt. But you see, the Bible said that Jesus told him, he says, Go back out there and let down your nets for a draw of fishes. Have you ever noticed in the Bible of how many times people failed, but yet God used them mightily even after failure? What about Peter? I love talking about Peter because I can relate Peter in so many areas of his life. Do you remember that one time when Peter was going to be the champion of all champions and, and Jesus was talking about his death and Peter stood up and he said, Oh, not you, Lord. As a matter of fact, Lord, I'll go to prison. I'll die, but not you, Lord. And you remember what the Lord said? He said, Oh, Peter, said, you, you don't know what you're saying, Peter. As a matter of fact, you're going to deny me three times before the cock ever crows. And you remember the story. Peter followed afar off, and he sat among the group around the fire. They began to accuse him, and they accused him, and they accused him, and he kept denying, denying, saying, I don't know him. I'm not part of him. And, and all of a sudden, upon that third denial, immediately the cock crowed. And you remember what the next verse says? The Bible said Jesus looked at Peter, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Can you imagine? What Peter must have felt like at that moment? One minute de de making that great decoration and the very next minute denying the one who loved him the most. But here's the good part. You remember on the day of resurrection that when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was only one disciple that Jesus said, go and tell him that I'm not here, that I've risen from the dead. You know who it was? It was Peter. He says, go and tell Peter. Why did he mention Peter? Because I believe what he was doing was sending a message back to Peter to say, Peter, you may have failed, but I'm not through with you yet, Peter. I still got great things for you in your life. And you and I know that it was Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands were ushered into the kingdom of heaven. Even though Peter failed, God still used him even in a greater way. You can go through the Bible. What about Jonah? Oh, Jonah? 
God says, go to Nineveh. He said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. He said, go to Nineveh. He said, no, I'll go to Tarshish. And he gets out there and he runs from God. And you remember what happened. He gets on the boat and the storm arose. I love to preach about Jonah because the miracle is a fish. Can you imagine all the fishes in the sea? God speaks to one fish and has him on the right side of the boat at the right time to swallow Jonah. That's a miracle, amen? Jonah fell. But you remember what happened at the end of the story of Jonah? The only place you have recorded in history is that Jonah preached to a city and the whole city turned to God. God used him in a mighty, mighty way. What about Samson? Did he fail? Well, certainly you and I know that, you know, I mean, Samson failed big time. But you remember at the end of his life, what happened? The Bible says as he was chained between those pillars, he prayed one more time, God, restore to me my strength. And one more time, he pulled those pillars down, and the Bible said that he killed more people at the end of his life than any other time in his life. After his failure. And then you could go and talk about David. What about David? And all the failures that David had in his life. But God wasn't through with David. You remember what God said about David? That he was a man after his own heart. So what am I saying to you tonight? I'm saying to you tonight that you may have failed. That somewhere along the way, you probably gave it the very best that you could do, and you tried the hardest that you could do, but you came up short. And at that moment in your life, you felt like just throwing up your hands and saying, what's the use? Have you ever felt that way? You know, I cannot tell you how many times, not lately, but I cannot tell you how many times that I used to go to my trailer and I'd lay my Bible down. I'd say, God, I don't want to preach no more. God, I'm tired. People don't want to hear. People don't want to respond. God, I'm through. And every time I laid it down, you know what God did? He threw it back to me. He said, son, it's not about what you do. It's about your faithfulness. Keep on keeping on. So press on despite failures in your life. People may put you down. But God didn't come to put you down. God came to pick you up. God knew that you and I were going to make mistakes in our life. But see, if we quit, we may miss the greatest miracle that is before us. If Peter would have said, no, I'm not going. I've toiled all night and I've taken nothing and I am not going back out there. He would have missed the greatest miracle in his life. Press on despite failure in your life. Second thing, press on despite being tired. Have you ever been tired? I know these preachers never get tired, but I want to tell you, we as Christians, be honest, we all get tired. Sometimes we just get wore out. Think about Peter. He had worked all night long. Now he was washing his nets, getting ready for the next night's fishing. And now it's up in the middle of the day, and Jesus is telling him to go out and let down his nets for a draw of fishes. Now, I imagine Peter could have said, well, Lord, you know, I, I, I'm a fisherman, Lord, and, and, and you're a carpenter, and I, 
I've been fishing all of my life, and Lord, I know that you've been a carpenter all of your life, but, but Lord, nevertheless, I'll go. But I imagine somewhere in that conversation, he said, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I just want to go home. I just want to rest. God, I just want to put it in neutral for a while. Have you ever felt that way in your spiritual life? Have you ever just felt, Lord, I'm tired? Lord, I, you know, I, I, I prayed and I prayed, and God, I've read my Bible, and, and God, I've gone to church, and God, I've witnessed, and I've given, and I've done this, and I've done that. And Lord, I'm just tired. I'm worn out, God, and I just kind of want to put it in neutral for a while. Have you ever been there? We all have. Sometimes, you know, I've often said that, you know, as much as I'm in revival all the time, some of the biggest encouragements that I get is watching some of the people that come to the service that I know that it's hard for them to come. The elderly, for instance. To see a woman to walk in in a walker or to see somebody come to a service in a wheelchair and to know what they've done in order to come, when it would have been easy, when it was time to get ready to come to church, they would have said, you know, I'm tired today. I've done a lot today. And, you know, today would just be, tonight would be a good time for me to just stay at home. I, I'm just not going to go. But they don't do that. They get up and they come. They press on, even though that they're tired. Well, I've talked to Sunday school teachers. They said, man, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I, 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 I don't want to teach anymore. I've met Christians that have gone and, and said, you know, I, I've gone and I've witnessed and I've knocked on doors and, and I'm tired and I, I just don't want to go anymore. I've talked to Christians and said, you know, I've given and I've given and I've given and, you know, I, I'm just tired and I just don't want to give anymore. But have you ever thought would have, what would have happened if Peter wouldn't have went back? He would have missed the biggest miracle in his life. And so what I want to say to you tonight is that we all get tired. No matter who we are, there's some tonight that stayed home because, truthfully, they said they were tired. They just, they just didn't want to put another foot forward. They didn't want to make that little bit of effort. But could you imagine that maybe could have been that tonight was the very night that God wanted to perform something drastically great in their life and they missed it by not being here i know when i became a young christian i've said this in my testimony many times i was still calf roping at that time and i used to go to church and i'd take my horse with me you know in the trailer because jackpot ropings were always on sundays and they were always you know you could get up on this in the slack that's when you know, the rodeo's over. They have too many contestants to run in a rodeo. And so they have what they call, quote, slack. And that was all of the leftovers they rope after the rodeo. And so I would always sign up for the slack so that I could go to church on Sunday morning. And I'd take my horse to church. And then since the church over, I'd jump in the car and I'd take off to the rodeo to make the slack after the rodeo performance until God convicted me of it. But here's the point that I want to make about all of that. That even though that we love going to rodeos, I love going to church even more as a young Christian. Because I was always afraid that something was going to happen and I was going to miss it. 
I was always afraid that somebody's life was going to be changed, that somebody was going to get saved, that somebody was going to make a decision, somebody that God was going to speak to that was going to do a marvelous work in somebody's life, and I did not want to miss it. There were times that I didn't want to go. There were times it would have been convenient not to go, but I went. Because I wanted to see if something would happen. See, that's what I mean about pressing on when you're tired. Now, yesterday was a day of football. I'm just throwing this in. I'm just trying to think of what I want to say. But yesterday was a day of football. I mean, everybody's team. I came last night and I said, my team has already won. You know, Patrick has already won his game with Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know. Forget the Cowboys, let's go on to the service, you know. Uh, but, 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 folks, there was a lot of football yesterday. But can you imagine what would have happened if some of those players would have said, you know, they tapped their helmet, you know what that means, they want to come out. If they would tap their helmet, run to the sideline, say, Coach, I'm tired. <laughs> Coach said, get back in there, <laughs> tap that helmet the next play. I'm tired. I'm afraid they wouldn't stay on the team very long. Those boys know that if they're going to win, that they have to press on even when they're tired. They got to pull something extra up. They got to take that extra step. They got to give that extra energy to achieve greatness. You see, that's what it takes in the Christian life. It's easy to get tired. We've all been tired. But what's going to make the difference is, is that even when you're tired, you make that extra effort. You take that extra step to say, you know what? Maybe, could be. That if I go back one more time, it may be the greatest time in my life. And you could see the greatest miracle that you could ever see by going back one more time. The third thing I see in this story is simply this. Not only his failure, not only his tiredness of having worked all night and taken nothing and was washing his net, but the third thing that I see is press on despite foolishness that it may seem. By that I mean this. Can you imagine now, picture this. Peter's a fisherman. He has fished all of his life. The Bible's very clear that his friends were with him. They had been out there all night as well. They were all cleaning their nets, waiting for the next night's fishing. All of a sudden, Jesus teaches out of his boat. When he gets through, he looks at Peter and he says, launch out into the deep to let down your nets for a draw of fishing. Now, instantly, what do you think went through Peter's mind? Peter must have said, do what? Go back out there in the heat of the day? and let my clean nets back down in that water? And besides that, what are those other guys going to think if I do that? They're going to say, Peter, you're the, you're the craziest person I've ever seen. You're listening to a carpenter when you're a fisherman. Peter, that's foolish. But you know what Peter had to decide? Whether he was going to obey what God told him to do or obey the foolishness of what men may think. You know what stops most Christians? 
We worry about what other people think instead of being obedient to do what God wants us to do. You see, it's the foolishness of God that brings the miracles. Throughout the Bibles, I've already preached this week, God takes foolish things in our life. God takes a nobody and makes a somebody. God takes nothing and makes something. The world doesn't understand it. The world will never understand it. But our problem is, is not that we understand it, but that we obey it. And Peter said, nevertheless, Lord, I'll go. See, some of you are sitting right here tonight facing some foolishness in your life. God is telling you something, and you're trying to reason yourself out of it. And you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, if, if I did that, as I said last night, if I did that, you know, maybe God wouldn't come through. Well, you know, if I did that, everybody's going to make fun of me. If I do that, people are going to think I'm foolish. If I do that, you know, I've never done that. And that's keeping you from the greatest miracle that God could do. Because God's ways are not your ways and his thoughts are not your thoughts. And some of you right here tonight need to let go of the foolishness that you're facing and just simply do what God wants you to do. You know, isn't it amazing that folks to the natural, it doesn't make sense. God says, if you want a lot, what do you do? Give it away. Give it away. <laughs> the world says, if you want a lot, you get all you can get and save it. Amen? Hoard it. She says, no, no, that ain't the way it works. If you want a lot, learn how to give it away. He said, man's ways are not God's ways. If you want to be great, not how high you climb, it's how low that you're willing to get. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, it's not being served, it's being a servant. The world says, I don't understand it. Well, you never will. But I promise you, you'll be blessed by doing it. So some of you right here tonight, you may have come in here with the urge of wanting to give up. I'll be honest with you. Some of you have tried the hardest that you've tried. And it just seemed like that no matter how hard you've tried, you've come up empty. You feel like a failure. You feel like a failure. You know what? The next step may be your greatest step. If you don't give up and you're willing to take another step to go where God wants you to go, the miracle may be waiting for you. But if you quit, you'll miss the miracle. Some of you are tired. You're worn out, not only physically, but you're worn out spiritually. And you want to just throw up your hands and say, Lord, I quit. But did you know that if you would take the next step, that the next step may be your greatest step? And that God may do something in your life that he's never done before if you just wouldn't quit. Did you know that maybe you're here tonight and God's asking you to do something you've never done before? 
God's asking you to give where you've never given before. God's asking you to go where you've never gone before. God's asking you to do something you've never done before. And you've tried to balance it out. In one hand, it's foolishness. The other hand, it's the word of God. You have a choice to make. And did you know that if instead of listening to the foolishness, if you would just simply be obedient, that your next step may be your greatest step? See, a lot of people, and I've shared this many times in my testimony, when I quit farming, give up 3,000 acres of land and give up my roping ring and my roping horses and cattle truck and cattle uh, trucks. Uh, you know, people thought I was foolish. But I stand before you tonight to say that was the wisest decision I ever made in my life, that I'm happier tonight than I've ever been in my life. See, the world doesn't understand it, but God does. And God may have a miracle for you tonight if you just wouldn't quit. If you'll take one more step, if you'll try one more time, if you'll just go one more time, your miracle may be at the next step. What will you choose to do? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this service tonight. God, there's people in this room that needs a miracle. There's people in this room that walked in here feeling like a failure, God. Oh, they wouldn't say it outwardly, but God, they think it in their heart that God, that they some way, somehow have failed and that God, that you could use everybody else and that God, that you could bless everybody else, but God, you couldn't bless them and how wrong they are. God, you take broken pieces and put it together. God, there's people in this room tonight that's tired. They're worn out, God. And God, they just take one more step, give it a little more effort. God may be in the place of their next miracle. So God, I pray for them with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not going to trick you. I'm not going to point you out. But how many of you would say tonight, Brother Herman, I failed. And Brother Herman, to be honest, I feel like a failure. Brother Herman, I'm tired. Brother Herman, I know what God wants me to do, and it just seems ridiculous. And I haven't been willing to do it. I needed to hear what I heard tonight, that my miracle is still before me, not behind me. Would you just slip up your hand? God bless you. You, 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 hands all over this building, all over this building. I'm going to ask you tonight with every head bowed, I'm going to ask you, let's have another invitation like last night. I don't care if you came Sunday morning. I don't care if you came last night. I'm going to ask you to come tonight because I want you to take that first step tonight and say, God, I'm going to press forward regardless of the circumstances that I'm facing, I believe that my miracle is before me and not behind me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. You come on. We'll meet you right down here. Brother Mark will be here. I'll be here.
God's good. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We've got a wonderful decision. Actually, many decisions were made, but, uh, but one in particular we want to, uh, to uh, recognize tonight, and uh, that is Cody. Cody, what's your last name? Curtis, all right. Kirkland, okay. And he is a friend of Braden Goodson, so I'm going to ask uh, Cody, would you come stand right here and Braden come with him so he... he uh, Cody comes tonight, and he says, I need to ask Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. So Cody got saved tonight. And I'm telling you, that's what a true friend does, right? Amen. A true friend says, come with me, come to church. Uh, Jesus changed my life. He can change your life, too. And that's all it takes, isn't it? We just got to open our mouth and tell our story. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Actually, Braden, you want to come play on this last song? We've been ending every night with a, a praise song. I'm going to ask the band to come back if you would. We're going to sing Great Are You, Lord. I'm going to give you a little bit of reason why you need to come back tomorrow night. Fish truck. Fish truck. <laughs> yeah. Cajun seafood. And uh, uh, catch me if you can. Have you ever had that? It is excellent, all right? So that's going to be the food truck tomorrow night. And then if you come out and you show up, I think Brother Mark might do the 50s song tomorrow night. Amen. So we'll do a, we'll do a little doo-wop music, all right? 
All right, so come tomorrow night. Uh, the food truck will be here from 5 to 7, 7 o'clock on the service tomorrow night. Amen. All right, God bless you. Let's stand. Let's, uh, let's end with a song of praise uh, tonight, if you would. All right? Great are you, Lord.
What a great end to a great night to just tell you, God, you are great, you are mighty. God, thank you for a powerful message from Brother Herman. And God, I pray, Lord, when we get tired, too tired to press on, we get too discouraged to press on, that, God, you'd lift us up and mount us up on wings as eagles, Father God. Lord, I know by the testimony of many here tonight, the Lord, many of us are tired. We're tired of the fight. We're tired of, tired of trying to do the right thing. But God, you said, do not grow weary in doing good because there's a prize coming. There is a greater day. There's a day ahead, God. And it's worth it all. It's worth it all. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Give us the strength when we need the strength. And Lord, let us go from this place, Lord. And I just pray you continue to send revival. Lord, thank you for Cody and his decision to give his heart and his life to you tonight, God. And if nothing else, this whole week is worth that one thing right there, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Be sure and come by and shake Cody's hand. Tell him uh, congratulations on his decision. Amen.